0: Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. Today's guests are changing the lives of kiddos in our state of Kentucky. They are just coming off of their first session of Camp Beacon, Kentucky's first and only summer camp specifically for children in the LGBTQ community. They are creating safe spaces for these kids to spend one week in the summer with new friends, just being themselves and simply being kids. Here are Jess Bowman and Mason Ternofsky. It's a little hot out there. Gosh, it's so hot. We're also in Gray line Station, and the AC is out, so it's yeah. nice and toasty, real sticky and sweaty in here. Now, before we get started, why don't you all just take a moment to introduce yourselves, who you are, and what you do? Okay.
1: I'm Jess Bowman. I use she, her pronouns. I am the director and co-founder of Camp Beacon,
2: and... Uh, <laughs> my name is Mason. I use he, him pronouns. Um, I am the outreach coordinator for Camp Beacon.
0: So let's talk about what Camp Beacon is because this is brand new. You just got off of your first camp session. So tell us a little bit about what Camp Beacon is. So
1: for the last few years, I've been kind of in LGBTQ spaces, mostly around like connecting parents to resources when their kids come out, things like that. So people message me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Asking for things, and a friend, my friend Melissa, um, who is the co-founder of Camp Beacon, had messaged me about, you know, do you know of any summer camps for, you know, LGBTQ kids? And we started googling. It was like California and right, right Massachusetts. That's not really accessible, yeah. right, um, cost-wise, but also young kids don't really maybe want to go a thousand miles away from home. Um, so this was a couple years ago, and. I thought on it a few days and then said, um, what if we just create one?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's how it started. So from there, we just built our team. Um, so it's Kentucky's first summer camp for LGBTQ kids. Uh, we started with ages 13 to 17. Around 28 campers was our limit for this first year. And it was four days. We wanted to start with something manageable that we could grow right. from that space.
0: And how was that first experience?
2: Uh, it was really good. A lot of the campers really um, opened up in a way that they shared they didn't feel comfortable opening up um, in their schools for whatever reason. Um, they just really felt at home and they really got to uh, push themselves and, and do fun things that they don't normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I think a lot of kids go through at summer camp. And it was very nice to have them have that affirming space where they could do that.
0: So tell me a little bit about programming of the camp. So you you mentioned offering resources and things like that. Is that what the camp is for or is it like a little bit of resource, a little bit of just like pure summer camp, everybody get in a boat, everybody take your shoes off, that kind of thing.
1: So we've said from the beginning that camp, this camp was going to be a summer camp, just like every other summer camp. Mm -hmm. Um, Our goal was not, you know, it was not therapy camp. It was not, you know, it wasn't... um, Our whole goal was to make this a summer camp experience, Mm -hmm. but affirming, because Mm -hmm. a lot of these kids have shared and other kids have shared. Um, some traumatic experiences at other summer camps where their identities are not recognized and they are not treated with you know, respect and dignity. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was our whole goal. We were like, we're going to do s'mores. We're going to do swimming. We're going to do um, silly campfire songs and games. Yeah. And we really stuck with that. Um, there were a couple times where it was like, should we add this? We're like, nope. That changes the, that changes the camp experience. Mm-hmm. And we really did want it to just be
0: arts and crafts and getting outside, and so fun. Did you learn anything about things you might want to do differently, like next year, from this first experience?
2: Um, We, I mean, everything is a growing experience, right? Sure. It was our first time doing anything like this, so there were some logistical things, logistical hiccups that we're gonna do ne- uh, differently next year, but really, um, what we're hoping to do differently next year is we're hoping to have more kids yes it was we had um 50 kids apply before we uh closed our applications wow. and we had to turn about half of them away um and that is an incredibly heartbreaking conversation to have um to say hey you sorry you can't come to this right. affirming summer camp mm-hmm. that means so much to you, Um, so really what we're hoping to do is um, be able to fundraise so that we can have this camp open to more campers next year.
0: So let's kind of touch base on that a little bit. What are some of the immediate needs you all are facing that, you know, this time next year when you're prepping for camp round number two, what are some things that maybe our listeners would be able to pitch in with so that you would be able to grow and expand in the way that you want?
1: Um, Really, it's money. Yes. (laughs) It's dollars. Uh Um, We really were very value conscious, um, but for four days, it costs about $500 per camper. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, that includes everything and also our camp we didn't want cost to be a barrier so it is free Mm -hmm. for campers to attend they do not pay anything um we even like if they were like travel because if they were coming from somewhere farther away Mm -hmm. um you know if that's a a a barrier we would you know give you gas money or whatever you need so we really did want to make this like cost barrier free. Um, So that means that we have to fundraise that money. Absolutely. It has to come from somewhere. So, um, if we add more days, um, because we haven't figured out what it's going to look like, (laughs) is it going to be more days? Um, is it going to be two sessions? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we have more kids? But either way, it's going to cost more money. Right. And so we need to probably, my estimate would be seven to $800 per camper. Um, so, and every dollar counts. Our, our average donation was like $25. And that helped us make this camp
2: right
1: um, free to everyone that attended.
2: Mm.
0: So when it comes to like volunteers and people that you have on your team, what does that look like? Is there opportunity for people to come and like spend the summer with you all at Camp Beacon?
2: So that's a great question and it's one we get asked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people um, who who share, like, I wish I had had this when I was growing up and I, I want to do whatever I can to be a part of it now. Um, and that's really incredible. I I also relate to that, and I know how much how exciting it is. Um, when we're looking at who comes to camp with the campers, we really want to make sure, like the campers, they're thirteen to seventeen. Mm. They do not want to spend time with adults. <laughs> they do not like adults. They do not Correct. want to be around adults. <laughs> so we're really trying to limit the number of people who actually. Come to camp um, so that the campers can spend more time bonding with each other. Mm. Um, Obviously, safety is the biggest thing. So we have enough adults to keep everyone safe and keep camp running. Um, But we want to make sure the focus is on the campers. Um, So there could be some um, opportunities for adults to. Um, contribute to some of our teams that we have setting up for camp. Um, and that is a more year, year-long commitment. And that's really what we're looking for is that year-long commitment going into mm-hmm. camp. Um, but there are volunteer opportunities um, helping us plan camp, helping us fundraise is a huge, huge part of it that we are looking for year-round, um, as well as... Um, helping with our safety team, and uh, we did have some volunteers with some unique skills who were able to come and lead fun camp activities Mm. um, that could also be an opportunity for a volunteer.
0: Mm. Now, let's say that we have a listener who is interested in sending their kid, or maybe they are the kid, and they're like, this sounds really cool, and I want to get involved, and I want to go to camp. What does that Process look like for getting them there. So our applications
1: will probably um, four campers will open. Likely, um, we got a little bit behind this year. That's one thing we realized we needed to start a little bit earlier. Um, probably January or February. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do camp by lottery, so, oh, cool. and by age groups. We want to make sure all the age groups had a chance. We really wanted to make sure, like, our 17 year olds got a chance because they age out. Right. you have to be 17. You can't be 18 before camp is over. can't be an adult. Yeah. Over, right. <laughs> um, so, we did that by lottery, so it was like, put all the names in of this age group and chose that wow. way um, versus, like, first come, first serve, because some people weren't fortunate enough to hear about it the first week, right? So, And there's people who messaged me even after our application's closed. Um, So I would just suggest mainly the first thing to do is to follow us on all social media. We are on Facebook. I know most of the kiddos are not on there. They can find (laughs) us on Instagram and hopefully TikTok if I can get a social media person (laughs) um, to help run that. yeah, so they can find us in those spaces. And then um, that has our email, which is campbeaconky at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will post immediately as soon as like applications are open. Um, as far as volunteering with us, we haven't had our debrief yet with our team. But then shortly after that, I think we'll we'll choose the date to open for our year-long volunteers like Mason shared mm-hmm. um, some of those needs that we have throughout the year that people can help us fulfill.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about the importance of this camp and why it matters that this is even in existence?
2: Yeah, um, there's a lot of hostility towards mm-hmm. and towards LGBTQ people right now, um, especially towards LGBTQ kids. Um, especially in Kentucky, Mm -hmm. especially in rural areas um, where we're not seeing a lot of support. Um, And it's happening in schools. It's happening in churches. It's happening uh, in a lot of different environments. Um, So for a lot of kids, they don't get to be themselves. They Mm -hmm. don't get to live... um, as authentically themselves, and if they do, they face bullying, they face discrimination, they face teachers who don't uh, use their right name and pronouns, they face a school system and a legislature that is actively discriminating against them. Um, And all of that is a lot to deal with when you're already a teenager and you're already going through all of the chaos that I think everyone can relate to of being a teenager. so, for a lot of our campers, they talk to us about feeling really isolated, about not feeling like they have friends, not feeling like they have a community, not feeling like they have people they can talk to and people they can be themselves around. So, what we saw when when the campers got to camp was every single person there was either a part of the community or an ally um, and were really accepting of the kids, of the kids getting to uh, present how they wanted, use the pronouns they wanted, use the names they wanted, um, and just be themselves. And you really, we were only there for four days, but through those four days, you really saw the impact of that on the kids. We saw kids, like, open up and, and talk about how they were feeling and get to express their personality and get to make friends in the way that every kid mm. should get to. It You really see the impact on these kids. Mm.
0: And what is the dream for Camp Beacon? Like if we're looking five, 10 years down the road, what impact do you all want to have on not just like the, the LGBTQ community, but like You all have the potential to make a great impact, like in our state, in the way that things are run, in the way that like laws are made, and the way that people are seen at schools. What what's the dream for you all? I have big, big, big dreams. (laughs) That's great.
1: Um, That's what we want. But part of our immediate to get to that dream, I think. So I want to touch on the fact that out of 28 campers, only 10 were from either from like or Louisville. The other 18 were from rural communities yeah. in Kentucky. So to me, um, and a lot of them said to us, I'm the only, you know, I'm the only queer kid in my community. I'm like, sure. I doubt that you are. <laughs> right. You just yes. feel like you yes. are. Right. So they feel isolated, but we Know that there's a need for that out there. So part of our big thing is like partnering with other orgs to do more outreach um, and making sure we're providing resources for them. That we're supporting them. Like if they want to, you know, start a club at their local library or something. Like we we want to support them in um whatever their dreams are for their mm-hmm. communities. Um that's a that's the biggest part for me is just that spreading of like we're here. Um and obviously that has a safety component and all of that stuff. Um for camp, I hope it goes on and on forever. <laughs> yes. Way past like <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. um you know maybe it'll be I don't know like a <laughs> hundred years from now. Uh-huh. I mean I really because I think um, even though I hope that by then we've reached a point where these, these issues aren't here. Mm-hmm. I still just think, um, the message of community, I hope that that stays, mm-hmm. um, these kids, even the shyest kids had like some friends by the end of camp, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, they all really started to like come out of like their that shell. it's like
0: connectivity with people that yes. you thought were not like yes. in existence. Yes. Yeah. So, um... I'd
1: love to see it grow and expand um, and for kids to be you know, sharing with their friends for years
2: to come. Going off of that, I think uh, it, you're right that, that there are a lot of issues and a lot of like our community is, is called to activism a lot. Um, but I think what was really amazing about camp this year was that it was a space free of that like it was a space where we were not a a lot of kids in this community who are able to be open and who are able to be out um, and express themselves genuinely are forced into an activist position and we saw that a lot in frankfurt of um kids who were speaking out who were uh, taking leadership roles who were having conversations that kids should not mm-hmm. be having, mm-hmm. um, and we've we saw that before um, with uh, people who have taken on that actorship or sorry that activist leadership role in the past, um, and I think something that Camp Beacon does. There are a lot of organizations doing amazing work mm-hmm. in that field. Um, But I think something Camp Beacon does that I hope we continue to do is take kids out of that role, is that every 15-year-old who was incredibly brave and spoke at the uh, rally at Frankfurt, who organized rallies all across Kentucky, is still a 15-year-old, even though they're in this position. And I'd really like to see um, wherever they are in Kentucky, I'd like to see them get to be a kid and get to do kid things, first crushes, first uh, sleepovers, all of the things that kids should do. And I hope Camp Beacon is a place for that authentic queer joy without any Mm -hmm. pressures of everything else happening.
0: Right. Okay. So every episode we like to do a thing that I like to call BGCF Fast Facts, which is where I'm going to ask you a question, and without thinking about it too much, you're going to give me the first answer that pops up. Okay. Are you ready?
2: Yeah. Let's do it.
0: What are you reading right now? All About Love by Bell
1: Hooks. I actually have it in my bag oh. just in case I could get 10 minutes. Yeah, so good.
2: <laughs> Elliot Page's new biography. How far are
0: you? Okay, I just finished it like two days ago. How far are you in?
2: I'm not far at all. I just started.
0: Okay, I had the longest conversations with one of my best friends about it last night. He is everything to me. I have such a crush on him. Like it is, (laughs) it honestly has taken over a very big part of real estate in my brain so I'm trying to decompress from that <laughs> I want to listen to the audiobook because oh, hey. I want him to read the book
1: to me oh does he do
2: the audiobook <laughs> he does yes. do oh my yes. god I didn't realize so
1: I started
0: reading the physical book but then I found out that he was doing yes. the audiobook and I was like well I'm gonna do both so I had the book and I listened and I was like oh my
2: god!" like closed captions yeah yes, like, I love really that. love
0: <laughs> yeah some problem what are you watching right now
1: um, I don't have anything. I'm a reality TV junkie. Me too. That is my crazy obsession, my guilty pleasure. Um, but other than that, I'm like always kind of rewatching like called the Midwife and
2: mm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I really like cooking shows. Um, so any cooking show I, okay. I don't have a favorite.
0: Are we talking like cooking channel or are we talking like Netflix Somebody Feed fill vibes?
2: Uh, more like cooking competition shows, like gotcha. Master Chef okay.
0: type. Gotcha, gotcha. What are you listening like to right now?
1: Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, a lot of political podcasts, but um, other than that, I don't know. Yeah, I ride in silence a lot because. Um, my son has his headphones in and like today was like, Can you turn the radio off so he could hear his music? So yeah. I just rode in silence. Um or we like uh we like WRFL. We like 88one eight point one. That's been I was like, this was around when I was <laughs> did the old lady thing, you know. So um but I was like, it's always been like the place to go for like cool music right. that. You're not hearing on the regular radio stations.
2: Are there any podcasts you like? You're thinking of off the top yes. of your head. And... Um,
1: I love the new abnormal. What is that? Um, it's a political podcast. Okay, um, it's definitely very left, but um, I don't know. They're just funny. Like they do, mm. like you know. Um, they do it kind of in, like, a humorous way, although mm-hmm. also serious. I mean, they do have serious guests on there. Yeah. But um yeah. But then I also love um, Glennon Doyle's podcast when I, like, yeah. need a like, feel-good really good, pick-me-up mm-hmm. thing. Um, there's also a podcast I listen to called Redneck Rising where mm-hmm. she talks about political stuff, but like, also like the history of Appalachia. And so, like, how that influences, like, politics of today and how it used to be different and um so I think that's really cool. Oh, I love that. And oh. pertinent to yeah. us here.
2: That's on. This sound really good. Um I have gotten out of podcasts for a little bit. Um but I really like listening to music while I work and I'm on an Orville peck kick.
0: Ah uh, yeah. I love the the danglies. Yes. It's the best. What are you eating right now?
2: Uh Right this second, I have a water bottle.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, coffee? Does coffee yes. count? Because that'll be like, it's two o'clock. And I know Mason's the same because he's always like super busy. And then you're like, it's two, and I have eaten nothing, Correct. but I've drank a lot of coffee. Um, eating, kind of just whatever I can find. Uh huh. Yeah. Whatever I can scrounge up. <laughs> yeah. Now, what do you all do like outside of camp? So, um, my main job is the medical transcriptionist. I've been doing that for like 20, I see my daughter's 24, so 23 years. Yeah. Um, and then I do a lot of community work in Lexington mostly, mm-hmm. um, with different works, KFTC, LBD cool. uh-huh. um, accountability, I'm trying to think of other <laughs> things, I'm not going to name my whole list. <laughs>
2: Um, I'm the organizing director for Hood to the Holler, so I do a lot of rural work and I meet a lot of rural LGBTQ people, which is why I'm the outreach coordinator for Camp Beacon is because I, like a lot of people talk to me about, oh, my kid's queer and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So it it kind of fits in well.
0: Uh, This is also not on my list of things, obviously, but thoughts on New Tether Childers? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody listen to it? I Everybody thought it was great. It? I thought it was a great
1: song. I I yeah. it was such a sad story though. Yeah. So My that gosh. part I was like, really? <laughs> I need I wanted a happier ending, so maybe we can get another yes. Tyler Children song that has a happy ending. Yes.
2: I co signed that. I love <laughs> the song was great. I'd love I love Queer Joy. I'm very around focusing around Queer Joy. Um, and that's something I love about Elliot Page's story. I don't know how the Book ends yet, but I would love more if we could center more queer joy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw Silas uh, Silas House's name pop up, I was like, oh, this is going to be sad. And I, yes. I know it's going to be
1: sad. Yeah, Silas definitely <laughs> leans into the sad a little bit. An amazing, author, yes. amazing author. I yes. love it. Amazing author. But definitely um, more on that end. Um, so, yeah. I mean, queer joy, that definitely was a theme of camp i'm glad that mason touched on that that was like centered all of our work i think
0: i would love a t-shirt with that on that yes i'm
2: I'm sure you can get a queer (laughs) joy t-shirt absolutely
0: (laughs) (laughs) one specifically branded for camp weekend
2: oh (laughs) yeah yes
1: that'd be a good fundraiser there you go you just gave us an idea anytime Anytime.
0: (laughs) (laughs) what are you most scared of
2: wow what a big question um I think getting away from queer joy, um, seeing the anti-trans legislation across sweeping across the country, seeing it state by state and then nationwide, um, is terrifying. And I try not to center trans pain and, and queer pain, um, but there has been a lot of pain in our community recently Um, and um, I've heard from a lot of trans kids, I've heard from a lot of people who work with trans kids, teachers, social workers um, all of that about the impacts that these bills are having on trans people and trans kids especially Um, and I worry a lot about um, about how these kids are growing up and how isolating it must feel to hear this hate spewed Mm -hmm. all the time at you and not have the community that so much of us as adults have and like, I remember feeling like I was never going to find my community. There was never going to be a group of people that accepted me. And I'm extremely happy that I have found that. Mm. Um, and I know every kid out there will find it as well. But I'm terrified of kids feeling isolated and not feeling like they have that community. Um which possibly is not the answer you are going for. So I will say that and spiders.
0: Great. (laughs) (laughs) The big one and the little one. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I have a similar, I mean, I have a similar fear. I think bullying of any kid that's an issue for all kids Mm -hmm. in schools and there's no good handle on it so I feel like what we did with these recent laws is we legislated that bullying is okay and for me I'm like why can't we just let the kids be kids Mm -hmm. like why can't we just like the kids aren't bothered by these like you know like gender and sexuality, like they are not bothered. They are just like, let us just exist. Those are our friends. We don't care. They aren't worrying about bathrooms and things like that. Like they really aren't um, in general. And I really just want kids to be able to be kids. I'm concerned about a world that um, where people make money off of hate. Mm. That really, for me, I think that's why it's kept going because it's a good financial boost for people um and so yeah i'm worried about kids and if there's any kids actually listening to this just keep going mm-hmm. like there are people out there we we will keep like we will keep fighting as long as it takes to keep fighting and we're here um so yeah, yeah. i just I'm, I'm worried about just the future for children it attacks on education like it's like let's just like yep. let that let that lie and let kids just be kids. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Going off of that for the kids, that there is, not only is there hope and community, um, like, wherever you are, there are people who care about you. mm -hmm. Um, I travel a lot for work in the state of Kentucky, um, and everywhere I've been, from Paducah to Pikeville, from northern kentucky to somerset um there have been people who are lgbtq who care about trans kids who are fighting for trans kids who are fighting for you Mm. who care about you who love you you're not alone and if you survive to the other side of this you're going to watch all of these politicians who are spewing this hatred you're going to watch them burn like, burn out, their careers are going to be over because they're going to be tied to this Mm. the same way the segregationists' careers burned out because the world is going to move on and they're going to accept you and they're never going to accept these morons again.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. On the flip side, what are you most proud of?
1: Um... Obviously, Camp Beacon. <laughs> that, for me, has That's been just, one. like, a huge joy. Just, like, looking around and seeing all those kids. Like, I cried. I tried not to cry too much in front of them because kids don't like that. Mm-hmm. No, it's crying yeah. in front of them. Um, <laughs> but just seeing that. But also, I think more than that, Camp Beacon was only possible because of the network of people that mm-hmm. I have created, the relationships that I have built. I feel like. Um, relationships are really my jam. Like mm. I love like meeting people. I love connecting people. Like I love when somebody's like, I need someone who does this, and I'm like, Oh, you need to talk to Mason, or you yep. need to talk to yep. whoever. Like I love connecting people. So I think what I'm most proud of is just um, the community that I have really like joined and also built around me of friends and family, and um, so I'm proud of that. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good answer. I think um, I also was involved in the legislature this year, um, and I think what I'm proudest of is um, the community that showed up there. The I have a picture on my phone, which is not conducive to um, <laughs> the podcast, but I'll show oh, it to you beautiful. all. The, Send
0: that to me and we'll put it on your Instagram
2: great. post. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Um, I think it's from the Courier Journal, so mm-hmm. I don't know if there's copyright issues with it. Um, but chat with them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's there were 500 plus people who showed up on the day that the veto got overturned um, to show up and and talk to their legislators. And I am extremely proud of every kid that was youth organized, kids organized that. Um, and we had one here in Lexington too, and I am extremely proud of every kid who showed up, who organized, who who spoke out, who's living their life authentically, even if it means getting bullied or getting harassed or whatever. That being a part of this community is what I'm proudest of.
0: Mm. Who do you look up to?
1: Mason.
2: <laughs> My answer is going to be you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, really. Like Mason is such an amazing friend to have. He is so good at being like, "Do you need to talk?" Like, um, or do you just, you know, do you want do you want to talk about it, or you just want to like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. validate? Yeah. Like, he's yeah. very good at validating. Um, but then also like, if I need help problem solving, like, he's my go to. Mm. Like, this thing happened or this conversation happened. How do I handle that? Um, and he is just such a testimony of living authentically Mm. I think even though like this is hard stuff yeah um so yeah
2: thank you um that's very sweet um I think I I obviously look up to you and the work you've done
1: (laughs) you didn't have to say that just (laughs) because I said you
2: genuinely I do um just gives a lot to this community um, and a lot to to camp and to queer kids as a whole without having been one. Um, <laughs> that's kind of my cheat sheet is I know what you're going, what queer kids are going through because I was a queer kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I also um, the people I look up to are the people who I um, who who I talk to all the time. Um the kids, the parents, the social workers, the teachers who, are, who tell me, like Jess said, I'm the only queer person in my community, mm-hmm. and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I can do. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to fight, mm-hmm. um, and I've heard from a lot of kids, like, that they're getting bullied but even though they're getting bullied they still have the courage to stand up to teachers they still have the courage to come out to their parents Um, they still they they have so much courage and I've heard I've met I have been extraordinarily lucky to meet so many parents um, who are in rural communities um, whose kids come out to them and that's I mean, I'm not a parent, but I assume that's never what you expect mm-hmm. when you um, uh, have a child is you're not planning for, oh, my God, <laughs> what do I do if right. my kid is queer? And um, I've met a lot of parents who didn't accept their kids at first, um, but who like grew and who mm have become these like pillars in their community for LGBTQ support and for, um, for queer people in, in their communities, in these rural communities. And I really look up to them to, for loving their kids so much mm. that they do all of the work that they do. They really inspire me.
1: Mm. So I wanna add, does um, that made me think of it? Uh, I also really look up to my daughter She's 24 years old, um, and she's LGBTQ, um, and what made me think of it is, and the reason I look up to her, because I was that parent who was not, people will be surprised, I was not at first like, yay, you're gay. Yeah. I oh, yeah. <laughs> um, let a lot of the world's influence mm-hmm. and my own fears about what that meant to um, cloud that. I mm-hmm. mean... I I was not, like, the disowned, kick out. Like, that. it was nothing like that. It was just my own, like, lack of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was so remarkably patient with me while I, like, did my own. Like, I was, like, do my own learning and my own, right. like, how is this going to look? I was very concerned about how she was going to be treated in the world and what that was going to look like. And, um, and then one day I was, like, she is exactly the same person. Mm-hmm that she was before she told me she was gay. Like, She didn't change as who she was. Um, And yes, the world might look different in the way that it treats her, and hopefully one day that won't be the case. But um, she was incredibly patient, more patient than I think I deserved. Mm. Um, So what I tell the parents now is affirm your kid and then do your research on the back end um like i will help you find the resources so that you can get from the place of fear to the place of joy but like for your kid just be all joy all affirming all like it's going to be great because that's what they deserve right um just like any other kid um so yeah i look i look up to my daughter she's much wiser um I don't know. Like, she's just wiser than I ever was at Mm. her age, too. Mm. She, like, didn't... She came out to me, but she didn't really come out to the rest of the family. She was like, they'll figure it out Mm -hmm. when I bring a girlfriend home. And they did. They did figure it out. (laughs) So, like, that's... I'm like, that's brave to Uh me. So, you know, like, we all love my daughter's girlfriend, I'm proud of her, too. I'm
2: just (laughs) going to put
0: that out there. Uh, uh, uh. Why do you love our community?
2: Our community being?
0: That can be, I kind of leave that open to interpretation. That can be the Camp Beacon community. That can be the Lexington community. That can be the LGBTQ community. whatever, Whatever that is to you.
2: Um, I love the queer community. I mean, I love all of those communities, but I love the queer community because um, something I've noticed is that almost everyone who identifies as queer has experienced some form of discrimination, some form of not acceptance. So I really appreciate how much people in the queer community just... Whatever whatever you are, whatever you identify as, however you want to present, yeah, okay, yeah, uh, like that that acceptance beyond even acceptance of just like normalization of different gender presenting and different um, uh, all this stuff, um, I really love that about our community.
1: Mm. Um, I, I mean, I'm a cis woman, but I. The queer community has welcomed me, especially in Lexington, um, with open arms. I mean, like when I, as woman, was like, I'm going to open a camp for queer kids. They weren't like, "Why?" But I think because of the relationship building, like they knew that I wasn't like, this wasn't going to be like my camp. This was like, I found all the best people in the community um, and more to, you know, come on board. Um, but I think like when I show up someplace, I don't know, I feel I feel like uh, very accepted there, very like loved there. Mm. The love I've received from the community has been um, amazing, and it it like fills my cup so that I can pour it back in. I think, but um, seeing how they rally around each other, um, how like something happens, like oh no, we've got to we've got to do something about this. Like there's this very, like, the Lexington queer community raises so much money, I don't know that many people Mm -hmm. know, for, like, grassroots orgs. I mean, I'm talking, you know, for, um, you know, orgs that focus on domestic violence and sexual violence and also, like, that do, like, youth programming. Um, They really are like, oh, there's a need, and they band together and raise money for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's not... Um, there's not, not anything quite like that, I don't think. So mm-hmm. I'm really proud of the community and all the communities are great, but Lexington's the one I'm most familiar with, so that's the one I can speak <laughs> on.
0: Why do you love yourself?
2: Um, I, I think Camp Beacon really helps with that, um, is getting to see the difference that I make in the world um, definitely helps. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm glad you made him answer that question. (laughs) It's a toughie for some. Because I'm always like, Mason, you're awesome. And he's like, thanks. (laughs) How about you? What do I love about myself? Um, I think just my, like, stick-to-itiveness. Like, I'm going to just keep going. Yep. And, like, I might have days where I'm like, I don't know if I can, like, put one more foot in front of the mm-hmm. other um or things that feel really discouraging but um I think just being like uh, not not like oh the world's sunshine recognizing that there's hard stuff but like I just have I just have to keep going because yep. it will get better on the other side I don't know what better will look like <laughs> but just my faith in continuing to to keep
0: going mm. last question how can people learn more about Cambican? How can people be in touch with you all? Give us all of the goods.
2: Um, you're welcome to reach out to us. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and we would love to hear from you, especially if you're interested in fundraising, if you're interested in being a year-long volunteer, um, if you Um, are a queer kid or a parent of a queer kid and you have questions like Jess was saying earlier sometimes it's easier to ask those questions of queer adults Mm -hmm. who know what they're talking about or parents who know what you're going through Mm -hmm. Um, if you um, uh, if you are in a rural community and you want to see more community queer community in your area again Anywhere I've been, from Paducah to Pikeville, from northern Kentucky to Somerset, there are queer people there who want to have Mm -hmm. community. And increasingly, there are queer youth. Um, So if you are interested in that, please reach out to us. Um, I will help set something up in your area for just something fun. It doesn't even have to be stressful. Just something chill and fun and hang out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, our website is campbeacon.org, and there's a contact button on us. That email comes straight to me. I usually try to respond within 24 to 48 hours, um, especially if, if it's something more urgent. I do check that regularly. And then I'm able to um, pass you along to the right person. So if it's like, okay, this is a Mason question, I forward it on to Mason, Um if it's a fundraising, we have a fundraising person. So uh, that is me that actually answers those emails. <laughs> um, and I'm happy to answer any questions or to get them to the right person um, who can answer that question.
0: Mm. Guys, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm already calling dibs on Around This Time next year when Camp 2 is over to see... Yes. The difference. Totally. So go yes. ahead and put that on your calendar because I will yes. be reaching out.
2: <laughs> I got my phone out right now.
0: <laughs> We're excited. <laughs> exactly. We're really excited for oh, that. Thank you guys so much for what you do. And it's beautiful. And I'm so proud to know you and to be a part of this beginning story. So I love and appreciate you all so much. Thank you Great. so much. Thank Thanks you. So much. See you soon. Us. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at bgcfky or visit us at bgcf.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guest's.